from spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Nipa. Welcome to the creepy side of Nipa. I am Dan Kozlowski. Feels great to be back here for the first episode of 2022. I hope everyone is having a great year so far. I'd just like to remind all of our viewers before we get into tonight's episode. If you have a story you would like to share on a future episode of the creepy side of Nipa, or maybe you have an idea for an episode, let us know. Our email address is ghost at wnep.com, or you could also contact us through our Facebook page. WNEP's Creepy Side of Nipa. On tonight's episode, we have John and Carrie Ann Belucha, owners of Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours is a very interesting local business who has been putting events on throughout the area the last few years, all pertaining to the paranormal. John and Carrie Ann are joining us this evening to discuss a little bit of their favorite experiences throughout the years and also some events they have planned in the upcoming future. John and Carrie Ann, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Before we get started, I'd always like to ask our guests, did you guys always have an interest in the paranormal? And like, how did that get started? Well, for me, it started at a young age. Um, you know, a lot of people have very similar stories. And it usually does start at a very young age. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, my parents, uh, they had a tragedy that dates back to 1976. Uh, in 1976, my parents owned a bake shop. Actually, they owned it prior to that also. But in 1976, at their bake shop, they had a fire. Um, on Christmas Eve in 1976, or actually Christmas morning at two o'clock in the morning, that fire uh, claimed the life of my brothers and sisters. I had two brothers oh, wow. and a sister who perished in that fire. So I was born in 1978, January 78. But once I hit the age of five, um, you know, maybe six years old, somewhere in that range, I started noticing stuff in the house, um, but I couldn't explain. You know, uh, for example, there was pillows on the couch that would fall off the couch and onto the floor. And we would see or I would see images or, or shadow figures in threes that would come down the steps and they would interact with me in just little ways. But nothing really came over touching or anything like that. But I would see them. They would make sure that their presence was known. Um, so that's I've always been interested in life after death. Ever since then, I was very inquisitive, and I explained to my mom what I saw, and once I got a little bit older, she told me, you know, what happened, unfortunately, in the family. So you were seeing that stuff even before you knew what happened, really? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Carrie Ann? What sort of got you interested in the whole paranormal? My family and I had lived um, in various houses in... We we had lived overseas, so I lived in various houses. My brother um, had several different experiences, more than I had. Uh, John brought me into his family home. Um, I had some experiences in this home that I couldn't, um, I had no answers for. Um, I explained them to him. He explained, he told me the story of his family. Um, and then we started to go on investigations um, everywhere with, throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Um, we went into other, you know, locations as well. And that's kind of like where it all started. So you guys started going out on investigations before you started Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours? 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we started investigating in four. Uh, that's when Carrie Ann and I met. Uh, you know, and I introduced her to the love of you know my love of paranormal and and uh, you know the search for life after death and communication. And she gained a really big interest in it once I explained to her. And, and as she said, uh, the first time she ever came to the house, she had experiences here that were um, what my mom and dad continue to experience uh, in this house. Uh, but I haven't. I, I lost communication for whatever reason with my brothers and sisters. Uh, once I hit a certain age, maybe, you know, maybe 11, 12 or 13, I'm not 100 percent sure on the on the age. But uh, my mom and dad would experience stuff in this house. Uh, up until they recently passed, I mean, my dad in uh, 2016 and my mom uh, last March of 21. Uh, but they would they would experience things, uh, hearing voices upstairs, and my dad uh, would have his, his feet tickled, and my mom would have her like apron tugged on while she was in the kitchen. And they were all signs of stuff that my, my brothers and sisters would do. And Carrie Ann, I guess because she was new to the family, they wanted to introduce themselves to her, and she got to experience it. So Ever since that day, we've been investigating. So we took our passion. Uh, we, we formed, we, we started to do a little bit more uh, on the professional side, if you will. Uh, back in 2016, we formed Wyoming Valley Paranormal Association. And we started to do investigations, going to people's homes. You know, it started off with friends and, oh, come here, try this out, mm-hmm. do that. Uh, you know, but it started to grow. And then we started to go to other locations throughout Pennsylvania and the surrounding area, the tri-state area, and do investigations. And uh, then we turned it into well, what we have today, Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours in 2018. You know, the whole idea behind Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours was to get people interested and engaged what we have here in the Wyoming Valley. So we bring them in. We pique their curiosity with a ghost tour, you know, paranormal investigations. So we get them into these locations like that. But then they learn the history of those locations and they understand what those locations offer, different services that they have that they may not have been aware of in the past. So our right, hope is to get them in, check it out, and then go to continue and use these locations afterwards. And the one thing I've noticed before, well, while starting this podcast is in the beginning, I thought we would do like ah, five episodes, maybe for a month of October, two years ago or so. And once you start looking in, this area has a lot of creepy, interesting history that a lot of people just don't know about. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there, there's, I mean, from disasters, and there's a, a lot here that there that you could uncover. That's for sure. You know, even on even on on the cryptid side, you know, Pennsylvania is like the third most active uh, uh, sightings of Bigfoot. I mean, there's just so many interesting things that you could find in Pennsylvania: UFO sightings, Bigfoot, uh, you know, disasters that, that cause. You know, there's there's just so much here. It's it's amazing, really. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, we had a couple stories you could start it, and then we started having viewers or listeners submit their own stories and submit ideas for episodes. And it sort of just took off from there. And there's certainly no shortage of stories out there in this area. You're absolutely right. How many different locations do you guys work with as the Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours? Oh, let's see. We currently have 16 different locations, correct? So we currently have 16 different partners that we are currently working with. And that number is continuing continuously growing yeah. um, as John is uh, currently working with partners. He always is working to gain new, new partners. So do you guys mostly concentrate in the Luzerne area, Luzerne County area, Lackawanna County, um, both or? We have Luzerne and Lackawanna counties, but we are venturing out to make um, Wyoming Valley ghost tours a little bit bigger um, to go on and beyond. We have, we're starting to move 
uh, into uh, Wayne County, which I'm not, I can't announce anything yet, you know, because that's mm-hmm. something that we're working on. But uh, we are going to be in uh, Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. We're going to be down the Lehigh Valley area uh, starting in March. We actually have an investigation at the Sayer Mansion in downtown Bethlehem. It's going to be an overnight investigation, you know, with uh, you know dinner and breakfast and investigation, an overnight stay. So really looking forward to that. I think there might be one or two rooms left. We posted that right before Christmas, and I had a great response. Uh, so yeah, so we're starting to move and venture out. So we're trying to we're trying to gain a lot more interest everywhere. So on a typical investigation at one of your locations, what does it include? A little bit of the history and the ghost investigation? Yes. Um, so the, you start off with the history. So somebody that is part of that location provides the history um, prior to the investigation. Yeah, usually uh, what that is, it's uh, usually 30 minutes of, you know, a tour of the facility, uh, talking about exactly how that started, you know, the location we're at. And of course, they throw in a couple of the, uh, you know, the stories of, you know, what staff have experienced in the past, you know. But yeah, it always starts out with at least, a, you know, a 30 minute history tour done by a docent, manager, whoever is available, curator, museum, wherever we're at. Um, and then Carrie Ann and I, we start our demonstration. Uh, we have all the tools uh, necessary for people to conduct their own paranormal investigation. We teach them how to use the tools. Um, we show them how they work and why we think they work. And we give them the opportunity to then go out in smaller groups and conduct their own paranormal investigation. And those investigations last about three and a half hours. Okay. So you said you kind of let the people go out on their own opposed to being in a group with you and sort of watching over them. They could kind of do what they want kind of and go on their own way. We yes, we do investigate with them, um, but we we allow them to do their own investigation. We want them to be able to make it as authentic as possible. So by making it as authentic as possible is allowing them to do their own investigation. It does so sound very we'll do, interesting to me. Yeah, it, it's it's been great. Uh, you know, people have really enjoyed it. You know, like I said, we'll always be around. Like if somebody gets stuck on a piece right. of equipment or they don't really know how to use it properly or you know whatever it may be, uh, they'll get in touch with us. And we'll go over and we'll help them out, maybe show them some techniques, kind of give them ideas what to do throughout the building. Uh, but I'd say probably 90% of it, they are pretty much on their own. Uh, you, you can be as involved with us or as little as you choose to be. Some people really like the structure. Some people like Carrie Ann and I to be part of the group. And they like us to you know, lead an investigation. Other groups are like, hey, we got this. Let's see what happens. And we'll meet up at the end and we'll go over our evidence. Now, when the people come to the investigation, do you supply the instruments used or do they supply their own? Uh, we do supply all the instruments needed. And what kind of instruments do you guys use? So what we'll do... Um, so, so typically for our our normal investigations, we supply what you would what you would normally find in a paranormal investigation. So that would be like a K2 meter. Um, we give a, a thermometer, a spirit box... We give a voice recorder, um, we give flashlights. Those are the kinds of things that we are, are providing. And then we have stationary equipment that we also use throughout the location. So that would be a REM pod and we might have our EDI meter as well. Um, oh, and we use dowsing rods. So each group gets a, a, gets a dowsing rod. Also, you know, we also have REM pods. That, that I said be, there. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't hear you say that. Or we have a Flux 2 device, which is a really interesting device. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever triangle. heard of the Flux 2. Yeah, the Flux 2. It's a, it's a kind of a newer piece of equipment, right? It, it is, yeah. Um, I mean, second revision of it. Uh, the first one came out a few years ago, uh, but we jumped on when the Flux 2 came out. Uh, the Flux 2 basically looks like a, a little pyramid or a triangle. 
that has a red light on one side and a green on the other. Uh, and that is a yes or no uh, answer box. So, you know, we can call up to the spirits and ask if there's anybody here. You have this, you have the ability to show the sign of your presence by coming over and touching this device. And then we start asking our questions, yes or no questions. Come on over, touch on the right side for yes, left for no. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun experiment to, uh, to play with. Have you been having a good response using that new equipment? We do. And, you know, every piece of equipment we has, uh, that we have has its own strengths. Every, everything that we do use um, generally has something that happens. Now, not, not all of them, though, because we always tell everybody during an investigation, you may not get anything. It's right. just There's how no, it goes. You can't guarantee something's going to happen, of course. No, we can't. But every piece of equipment at some point has worked and given somebody some sort of result. Right. At, at some location right. that we've been at. Now, since you guys have been doing this for quite a few years, what are some of your favorite experiences out there? Some of your favorite stories you would like to share? Hmm. Let me think here. So one of my favorite stories is at the Frederick Stegmeyer Mansion in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, we, we were doing a late night investigation. We do overnight investigations there where people get to spend the night there. They, they have two suites that they stay in. And uh, Carrie Ann and I were there with them all night long from usually six o'clock at night till about three o'clock in the morning. And one of our best experiences was in the dining room where they have this king table. Well, there's or was it 13 seats, I believe, Carrie, about, about 13 seats that are available. So we were sitting in that room and it was late. It was probably two o'clock, maybe two thirty in the morning. So we're, we're starting to wind down. Things are starting to get coming come, come to a close here. So we had that flux device I was talking about, and um, you know we had just about every gadget you can imagine there. We had our you know recordings, we're doing EVP sessions. It was kind of quiet, but at the end we said, "Hey, listen, we appreciate you coming out with us and, and you know interacting with us tonight. We appreciate your communication." I said, "But you know, if there's something else you could do." for us before we leave we'd appreciate it so maybe about 30 seconds later we hear this tap this like finger rolls on the on the table that we're sitting everybody looked at each other we all put our hands up we're like nope (laughs) so once that happened the chair down at the end of this table it started to wiggle now it didn't move out a lot didn't go flying across the room but it wiggled but what's interesting about it after it wiggled these chairs are very old in there and the wood is old and it's creaky. You know, the joints aren't tight anymore. So when you sit mm-hmm. down, you can hear like weight disperse and the creaking of the wood of that chair. And that's the exact result that we got in that room. It was, it was pretty crazy. Well, so you heard it's so, like someone was sitting down at the table. Yeah, that's exactly it. Something came over, the chair wiggled and something sat down. You can actually hear the weight. You can hear that. You can hear that and feel that sensation in that room. It was, um, it was, it was quite interesting. That is an interesting story for sure. How about you, Kellyanne? I was going to say, we've gotten some good audio at some of our locations or even at the cemetery. One of our one of our cemeteries, we've gotten mm-hmm. some good audio. So, I mean, I, I, I do like audio. It, it takes a long time to get some good audio sometimes. Sure. Um, but, you know, audio is fun. Audio is interesting. Yeah, I, I really honestly, I would say that audio is probably our favorite part of any investigation. And we will set up uh microphones in, in multiple rooms and, and run it through you know uh, and, and just listen and give them time to interact with the, the environments and you know we'll do evp sessions of course but sometimes they're not successful and we don't hear a voice so we give them that opportunity to just use our equipment as they see fit so we'll just have have the equipment running and we tell them say hey listen there's multiple microphones you can go over you can touch you can interact physically in this room knock on something do whatever you will 
So we'll give them some time, usually a couple of minutes, and we'll go back and listen. And it's amazing when you get that result of heel-to-toe walking sounds on the hardwood floors, and there's nobody else in there but our team. And it comes from a room which is, you know, 50 feet away from you. It's pretty amazing at times. Yeah, and I know just from having a few different investigative teams on the show here, some of the audio brought in, as soon as you hear, you do get you get chills. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, audio, I think, is our is our yeah, favorite. I enjoy audio. Yeah, I do agree. And I, it's nice to have that evidence to back up your stories when you're trying to tell somebody something that yeah, happened absolutely. to you. Yep. So, so what are some events coming up with the uh, Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours? So, as John mentioned, um, in... Well, I, I actually, I'll start with February. So, Feb, or oh, <laughs> I'll start back in January, actually, because we're still in January. Um, January 29th, we will actually be at the Scranton Cultural Center. Um, starting the day off there um, at 11 o'clock, we actually have a vendor event. Um, so, we it's called our Curiosities Vendor Event. And at, then at night, we have a uh, paranormal investigation at the Scranton Cultural Center. Um, February 25th, we're at the Mary Stegmeyer Mansion. Um, that was an eight-person um, investigation that's actually already sold out, but we're there from 8 o'clock until 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, but so, we'll be running a few more of those coming up soon. Yeah, so that's a special kind of investigation that we kind of implemented now. Um, but yeah, that sold out pretty quickly. Um, and then um, we're constantly adding in dates, but March, March 5th, we're at the Catlin house up in, um, Lackawanna County. That's the um, historical society, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, and then the 26th of March, we're at the Sayer mansion in Bethlehem. And then yeah, April 30th, um, you know, we're working out to be in Philadelphia. We will be at Fort Mifflin. And then we have a couple of other things. Yeah, we have a few other things that are like planned and um, we're just waiting to iron them out. Uh, You know, we have a trip we're planning for Gettysburg for mid-March to do an investigation down there at a couple locations with the sleepover. Uh, But we don't have that posted yet, but those dates uh, should be coming up pretty soon. And we're going to be putting in our normal, you know, other places that we've been, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, into rotation and then a couple of other new places as well, so... And as you're just going down the list, two questions popped into my mind. First one, I'm going to ask you guys, what is exactly could people expect at the Oddities Fair on January 29th at the Cultural Center? So what they can expect is, well, we have we have 50 vendors that will be there. And these vendors range anywhere from uh, metaphysical uh, side. We have uh, we have psychic. Um, we have mediums there. Uh, we have crafters that make handmade uh, you know, Ouija boards and, uh, you know, mirrors, and they make uh, different types of, we have, um, we have authors there. We also have uh, clay makers, we have jewelry makers, but everything is all handmade, handcrafted. And it, it has the theme of anywhere from horror, paranormal, bizarre, macabre, you name it, a little spook fest thing going on. That's what we're going to do on January 29th at the Cultural Center. And what time does that event start again? Uh, that starts at 11 a.m. and goes until 5 p.m. One thing to note, too, though, is that anybody that enters, um, there is a $2 uh, entrance fee. That Portions of that proceeds do go to the Scranton Cultural Center. However, when you come in, you are given a ticket, and those tickets do go towards two free tickets for the Scranton Cultural Center's investigation for that evening, um, for that 8 o'clock investigation. So um, those entrance fees do go towards the 
free tickets for the Scranton Cultural and Center investigation. So is that like a drawing you have? It's a drawing, okay. yes. Yep. At 3 p.m. there will be a drawing. Okay, that definitely sounds interesting, especially everybody has something to do with not exactly paranormal, but oddities, something odd that somebody doesn't see every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there's a lot of really unique, uh, amazing artists that will be there on the 29th. Uh, it's absolutely incredible the amount of talent that we have right here in our backyard. And it, it's just a, a great experience. You know, we did we did one back in May of 21 at the 44th Cemetery, which was a great success. So we had a lot of people that came out to it. We have some repeat vendors from that one that will be here in January. But we also gained a lot of new ones. Uh, the interest level has been going up and up. Uh we did one in October there, and now here we are in January. So we're trying to, like, get, you know, these community events, these staple events that could happen year after year. So here we are going into our second annual one in May. Uh, we're really looking forward to And that one's going to be at the 44th Cemetery, and that's going to be May 13th and 14th. So Friday night, uh, May 13th from 5 to 10, and then Saturday, uh, 11 till 5 in the morning. And there'll be all sorts of entertainment for that. Yeah, we're going to have uh, bands both days, uh, food trucks, uh, cemetery tours. You know, at the Friday the 13th, we're going to be doing, uh, the, you know, the candle, or not the candle, I'm sorry, flashlight cemetery tours and, and spooky stories. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It definitely sounds like a fun time to me. Now, one question I had when you guys are talking about the investigations, how do you guys pick the locations in the area? Is it word of mouth? Do you hear like this place is haunted, some stories about it, or is it something you sort of look into and try to find your own on the internet or well, through history books or anything like that. I'd say, I'd say it's a combination of both. Um, you know, we all, we have such a interest in the history and we look up these buildings and you find out these stories online, or we have a lot of our fans that say, Hey, check out this place. We get emails all the time. Hey, could you check this place out? Did you check that out? Yeah, absolutely. We'll look into it. You know? Um, so that's, that's generally how we find it. It's a good mix of, of both Carrie Ann and I doing our, you know, checking out and, we get some some tips from our, our fans. Okay. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us tonight. But one thing before you leave, if anyone would like any more information on Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours, what's the best way to contact you guys? Uh, the best way is definitely by Facebook. Uh, that is always up to date and live. Uh, use Facebook Messenger or our phone number is listed there also, which is 570-881-4468. And, of course, you know, we have email, which is just info at wyomingvalleyghosttours.com. Well, it was a pleasure talking to both of you. We actually had a few listeners over the years contact us and said we should look into speaking with you guys since you do all these oh. investigations in the area. So you were on our radar for a little while. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great night. You, you too. too. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of The Creepy Side of NEPA. Don't forget to follow WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA on Facebook. And also subscribe to us on YouTube. Until next time, enjoy the creepy side of Nepa. This has been the creepy side of Nepa. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you. (laughs) Ha ha ha!